When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast, joined by our football editor, Mark Douglas, ahead of Newcastle's trip to Arsenal on Monday evening. Mark, it's been an interesting week, to say the least, following that defeat to Sheffield United. Um, what did you make yesterday of the way Steve Bruce you know, came out, he answered questions over, his, over criticism and what happens next? What did you make of what he said? What, what stood out for you? Well, I think you know he's he he is honest. I think you can't you can't deny that. Um, he, he was quite happy to answer questions directly about his own future. He admitted that performances hadn't been hadn't been particularly good. I don't think you can knock him for for his honesty. Um, but I think again, you know, we're in a situation where Newcastle fans are going to pick pick out what he says, and there are a few things I think in there that that are slightly, you know. I think it's worrying the right word. It's more, we've almost got to the point where it doesn't really matter what he says. It's more about what the team do. But then when you have a situation where he's saying things like, you know, the team team are poor, the gloves are coming off, I'm going to do it my own way. You know, you, you just have to kind of, you, you just go back to it and say, well, well, what have you been doing so far? Why is it that, you know, you, the things that you say, don't ever seem to to come off. You know, you've had you've had the chance to reshape this team. Now it's eighteen months. Um, you know, this is this is all on you. And and I think that's maybe where it, it comes slightly troubling. I actually thought you know it was better doing it the way that he did it than than being overly defensive, which was which was the case before the Manchester City game, which I didn't think really um, was necessarily the right way to do it when they were in a bad run. You know, I think you come out and you come out all guns blazing when you start winning games after you've been in a bad run. But um, I didn't think that was good but yeah I mean I think there's more quotes to come out um, tomorrow as well and and the problem is I think in some ways Steve Bruce is you know he, he started came uh, into management in, a, in an era where, where it was before social media it was before you know the, the kind of you know the overanalyzing of everything including press conferences and I think he's kind of a throwback to that era really he doesn't ex- you know I think he just says what's on his mind he, he sort of comes across and it's He's not really, um, he hasn't really got filter in, in that way. You know, he'll just say what he thinks. And um, sometimes I think it is it is used to stick to beat him. And look, if they were winning games, it wouldn't matter. Rafa Benitez sometimes said some things in press conferences which were a bit strange. But you know, generally speaking, he was on a, he was usually on a decent run of games. He also had the fans behind him, so it didn't really matter. The difference is with Steve Bruce is that, you know, it's just back to the Alan Pardew days, isn't it, where every quote was kind of analysed and, and you know, I don't think many managers it would, would stand up to that kind of cr- uh, scrutiny, but, you know, when you see what Steve Bruce is saying, it, it doesn't always, it doesn't always make a lot of sense, I think, is, 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 the, uh, is the truth when they're, when they're losing games. So, what can you do? I, I feel for him, really, because the, the media scrutiny on you as a Newcastle manager when you're losing games is, is quite big. And, you know, I think probably... 50% or 60% of what he says is, you know, it's 
it's just kind of what's on his mind at the time. He's not necessarily, it's not quite as profound as, as it looks when it's, I don't know whether this makes any sense, but when you take it void, void from the kind of setting of press conference, it doesn't look that great. But probably in a press conference, it makes more sense. It's more of a flow, a stream of consciousness is is, is what a manager like him is about. Um, I'm saying that because I've been in a lot of press conferences. I know how these things work. It, it doesn't tend, it looks really bad. It's probably not, if you're in the dressing room or you're in the press room, it, it maybe doesn't feel quite as bad as when you, take it, um, take the quotes on their own. Um, so, you know, I don't read too much into what he says, um, but, you know, by the same token, it's how he's being judged at the moment. And, um, and and in that respect, you know, it doesn't look great. Sticking with the comments where he said, you know, it's time to do it my way, the gloves are off. A lot of fans saying, well, has he just thrown the players under the bus there and what's his reasoning behind that? I know Lee Ryder, um, there's a podcast up on our channel and he, he says he, he thinks maybe he might be trying to get a response out of the players. Is that the way you see it as well? Because I, you can understand the questions from fans asking, well, is that really the best way to go about righting the wrongs of Tuesday against Sheffield United, you know, by essentially saying I've given them the instructions or I've tried to do this and that and it hasn't worked. So now it's, now it's, it's my way or the highway. I think he's a player's manager, you know. When he came in, he made he made a beeline for some of the senior players. He gets on, you know, I think there's always been a good relationship between him and some of the senior players. He's given a lot of them new contracts. Um, and, you know, while on one or two of those occasions, I've said, great, you know, it's great to get senior players, more experienced players signed up for long-term deals. You also now have to question how difficult it's going to be to get rid of some of those players who I think the club are starting to think, you know, well, actually maybe we need to move them on in order to refresh the squad. The problem is for Steve Bruce when he's when he is a players manager, when he's kind of, you know, he, he's, he's almost tried to get them on side and get them playing and believing that, you know, if, if they are if they're buying into what he's saying by him kind of listening to them and taking advice from them. The problem is when the results don't go, don't go for you, what, what are you left with? Because, you, you know, it's not the kind of Rafa Benitez situation where players were kept a little bit arm's length. It's much more of a kind of collaborative effort, I think, between the players and the manager. Look, he's the boss um, and he does, um, you know, he, he will say, um, he will he will give them a piece of his mind when he needs to. But, you know, I, I think that was really a reflection on, it's maybe time for me to to just just you know not not listen to what the players are saying as much as as maybe as much as I have. I think you know when you look at the um, when you look at the formation, when you look at the way that some players are being used and other players aren't. I think it's clear how he's trying to manage that that group. He's he's trying to manage in this sort of more collaborative way, which a lot of managers down the years at Newcastle have done. You know, Chris Hutton did that and did it to to great effect. He's clearly thought this is quite a, you know there's quite a strong senior group of players there who. Who've, you know their mentality has always been really good. They've got us out of trouble in the past. I'm gonna I'm gonna utilize them. I think from what I've heard, Brentford game. I think he felt I think he felt that they that some of those players let him down. So you know maybe that's just a signal that he's going to do it his way. For me, it's a worrying sign. You know, you're 18 months into your time here. Um, you really should have kind of you really should have stamped your authority on this team by now. Anyway, you, if you you've had. Um, Two transfer windows, really two and a half transfer windows to do it. Where you know why haven't you done it so far? And I think that's the that's the issue, and that's the worry for me when it comes to um, when it comes to those kind of comments. But you know, again, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure even how much the 
to to take them seriously, really, because I kind of think, well, what what is going to change in four or five days or however long it is, six days to, to Arsenal? It's going to be roughly similar tactics. It's going to be roughly similar personnel. You might bring one or two in, but it's not going to change massively. There's not going to be some sea change in tactics and some sea change in personnel at Arsenal tomorrow. It's going to be the set more of the same. It's going to be safety safety first. They're going to try and stay in the game for as long as they can. Um, and they're going to try and break um, with a bit of purpose and win the games. It's going to be, I would be very surprised if he does anything different from what they did against Arsenal in the FA Cup game because they nearly won that game. They weren't far away from it. So again, it's almost like it, it, it's the, that pressure to say something. It's that pressure to sort of feel like you, you know, you're sending a message to the players or you're, or you're doing that kind of thing. But really, Steve Bruce... we know what he can do now. He's been in the job 18 months. It's not going to suddenly change. And that is what I was kind of writing about after the Sheffield United game. Why, you know, in my opinion, it's really now a straight call for the the Newcastle hierarchy. Do they believe he's going to keep them in the Premier League or do they think um, that he's not? And if they think he's going to keep them in the Premier League, they'll probably keep him there. Um, Fulham didn't win yesterday. The other the other results didn't go for Newcastle, but Fulham didn't win yesterday. They'll think as long as he stays about seven or eight points above the relegation zone, he'll, he'll get the chance. But we know now. I th- well, I think we know now. He's not going to progress this team. They're not going to suddenly become a top six, top eight club with Steve Bruce there, unless something massively changes in in that he gets a lot of money to spend, um, and then goes and um, and then goes goes and buys really really top players. But that's not going to change. You know, he's had a long time at Newcastle now. This is a year and a half. A lot of managers don't get that long um, at a Premier League football club and things. And, and this is this is kind of where Newcastle are, you know. Um, it's, it's not as bad. I don't think they're as bad as they have been in the last six games. I think they're probably, you know, Bruce has probably got them at a level slightly above that. But, you know, I think 15th in the league, um, they're worse than they were under Rafa Benitez. Lower league position than, um, than uh, the, the two finishing positions that, Benitez had it, of course, you know, they did. They went through a bad period as well. I think that's that's the point now, isn't it? It's it's you know, for me, it's what is the point of Newcastle United at the moment under Mike Ashley's um regime? And it's it seems that the point is to keep them afloat for as long as they can kind of get a resolution on what's doing with this takeover. Um it's a pretty grim state of purgatory to be in. Um and for me, I think it it's running a massive risk because they are still in relegation trouble. They, they've, they're not a million miles away from it at the moment. Um, and Bruce needs some results from somewhere. He needs to get a win in the next two games, I think. Um, and then you look at Leeds um, the week the week after. He really needs to get, you know, four points from the next three games. The way that they're playing at the moment, I think that feels like a tall order. A question here from Red Path David, who's uh, sent it in from Twitter. He says, does Steve Bruce know his best team? And this goes back to this whole, you know, doing it my way because over the last 18 months, we've seen a lot of tactic changes, a lot of different formations, the personnel switching and chopping. Do you think he actually knows what his best team is or is he still trying to to figure that out? I know, And we know that he's brought in Callum Wilson and he's brought in a few additions in the summer. Um, and that he, maybe he's got to get a bit of time to work out who goes where. Potentially, um, but do you think he actually knows his best team, and you know, and that will aid him to do it his way, as he says? I think he does. Yeah, I think I think he probably knows what he'd like to do. Um, 
the problem is, I, I, and and I, I think this is one of the one of the reasons why I kind of like why I I find the management of the team in the last sort of four months, five months, really difficult to understand is that they they sometimes fe- seem fearful of the opposition rather than playing on their own strengths. Um, I understand that against the top team. What's ended up happening in the last few weeks is that they only know one way to play. And that's the way that they play against the Arsenals, um, the Liverpools, kind of even the Leicesters. This passive sort of, you know, no, um, like the five at the back against Sheffield United, the way that they played in that game, that seems to be the way that now Newcastle are going to set up for the rest of the season almost. And maybe that's what Steve Bruce was very to and saying, saying I'll, I'll do it my way. But I think he, in his in his ideal world, the, 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 the sort of formation and the way that they played against Bournemouth at the end of last season, that's the ideal. That's Steve Bruce's kind of blueprint for what he'd like to do. He would say, well, I haven't got Alisson Maxim at the moment. He's our, he's our prime offensive threat. Um, and... You know, so I, I can't play that way. I've got to kind of, I've got to do things a different way. He, he obviously feels at the moment that, that he, he has to bolster that defence. He has to play five at the back. He has to have more of a defensive midfield because they're just shipping too many goals and shipping too many chances. Um, so I think he knows what he wants his best team to be, but it's very different from the team that he's playing. Um, and I think he's kind of got into that mindset of, you know, which he was in last season as well, which is, we need to stop the rot. We need to co- stop conceding goals, stop conceding, tra- stop conceding so many chances, and then we might have a chance. Um, but for me, I, I, you know, that's a big difference from, from what they are. And I think that's where it becomes all so muddled. You know, I, I've never felt with Steve Bruce that there's, there's ever been a grand plan to take them forward. You know, we knew with Rafa Benitez, they were going to do what they were going to do at the start of the season, whether they were winning games or losing games. They were going to play a certain way. The players were going to get their instructions and they were going to be told to keep doing it. And he would have utmost faith in what he did. What he did would eventually come good. But with Steve, Steve Bruce is, he's a lot more intuitive in the way that he manages. He changes things almost week by week. Um, uh, although, having said that, last four or five games, they played the same formation, which is quite quite offensive. Um, but I don't feel there's a grand plan. I don't feel there's a big plan. You know, he's bringing in players to play a certain way and take them forward. Um, I know he says that he, he feels that they're progressing, you know, bit by bit, and they are getting better. But you know, I, I'm sorry, I just don't see any evidence of it, and that that's my worry. I mean, his best team, you would think, would be, um, you know, more of an attacking team, maybe with a kind of a number ten behind um, Alan Wilson, a, you know, maybe some maximum in a free roll, which they tried for a while that didn't work, um, and two attacking fullbacks pushing on, which is you know, what he's supposed to. What, what he would probably say the five at the back was meant to be on um, on Tuesday, but it certainly didn't look that way, did it, when they actually um, took to the field? What frustrates me is that, you know, after the Sheffield United game, he said to reporters, I'm starting to sound a bit like a broken record. And he mentioned, given the, with the way his players give the ball away, and if you look back in his previous comments, he, he, he is sound like a broken record. So he he knows he is because he keeps saying the same thing. And I just wonder what do you think's happening on the pitch to rectify these basic issues? I mean, given the ball away as much as they do, you know, they're so careless in possession. That is really just a schoolboy error that should, you say it once, it should be fixed, but it keeps happening. Um, what do you imagine's happening on the training pitch to try and rectify these basics and, and make sure that these players are actually doing them? Well, I mean, oh, oh, look, only Steve Bruce and the players can, can kind of answer that one. I think when we get into the kind of, real behind the scenes training stuff. I think it's, you know, 
it's it's unfair of me to speculate on what they're exactly they're doing at, at the training ground. And all I can all I can say at the moment is that it you know it feels a little bit like he's trying to find a, a solution within within the players that he's got. And and you know it feels from the from what he's saying that it's almost a mental. He thinks it's a mentality thing. He thinks it's not necessarily about tactics. It's about players switching on, concentrating better, getting getting the basics sorted. Um, and that's maybe where he differs from a lot of other managers in the Premier League. And that's where, for me, that's the big question mark about about Steve Bruce, about appointing somebody like Steve Bruce is, you know, look, you know you're not going to get, and, and I, I don't want this to sound disrespectful, you know you're not going to get a, a tactical genius like you, like a Jose or like a, a Pep Guardiola or somebody like that. You're getting a manager who is, um, as I said, he's intuitive. He manages on sort of feeling in some ways. He gets the players, he cajoles a bit more out of the players. That That's that's what a lot of managers will say. Not that he can't do tactics, you know, I, I think you know, he, he can. Um, but at this level, is he still, you know, is he still able to kind of make the changes and the adjustments that are going to improve Newcastle? That's, for me, always been the big issue with Steve Bruce. Um, I know a lot of people watching this right now who've made their minds up about him will say, well, no, he can't. He can't do it. You know, he's, he's proven not to be able to do it. Um, and, and uh, you know, over the last six, seven weeks, you'd have to say that, you know, that possibly the evidence there is is, is to back up that argument. Um, uh, he is what he is, Steve Bruce. And, and really, Newcastle knew what they were appointing when they got him. Um, and it's probably not somebody who's going to, you know, set up a team tactically that's going to, you know, do do what Benitez did. It's not going to be that sort of everybody knows their job, everybody's clear with what they're doing. It, it's much more of a, um, you know, it's much more of a kind of conjuring the best out of the, the group that you've got by kind of, as I said, you know, getting them to, you know, getting the mentality right, um, keeping their spirits high, um, you know, setting them up in a formation that possibly makes them, gets the best out of them, those kind of things. So, what are they doing on the training ground? Well, probably very similar to what they've done before, and I think that's you know ultimately what what um, where they where they stand or fall. He's I think got a better team than fifteenth in the Premier League. Look, I'm not saying they're top eight. I'm not even saying that you know they're not top six. But are they better than fifteenth in the league? You know, I think they probably are. One or two players. I mean, I mean, I couldn't understand um, at Sheffield United why um, Elliot Anderson didn't. Um, play you know I, I couldn't really work that one out why he, when he'd done really well against Arsenal he was then out of the team Matty Longstaff played three games over Christmas and now he's not in the team at all um, it's very strange you know Jeff Hendrick's not not doing it at all but he, he he's in the team um, pretty frequently it's it's a strange strange situation at the moment it feels a bit like they're groping around for solutions when really um you know, by this stage in the season, with the players that he's got, you'd, you'd hope that they had more of an idea of where they um, where they should be. There's been a few comparisons drawn between this season and what happened under Steve McLaren. With Chris Fee here asking, do you think Mike Ashley's leaving it too late to to get rid of Steve Bruce like he did with Steve McLaren? I mean, the the, the points is the the points tally is a little bit different. They've got a good cushion to the relegation zone. But what do you make of that question? Is it a gamble for Mike Ashley um, to kind of say, you know, he's safe until we get dragged into to a proper relegation battle? Well, I think it's not, it's not the same as McLaren because McLaren with McLaren, they never got, they never ever got enough points 
get themselves out of out of trouble. You know, they, they were never in a situation um, with McLaren where they were ever clear of the the bottom three. They were always in the sort of bottom four. I think they got they were very briefly got out of it um, around the time they beat Tottenham and Liverpool. But but they they were in a, a very competitive um, relegation fight that year and. They just, you know, they never, they never got any momentum at all. Now the difference this time is because Newcastle have picked up points um, before Christmas, and they even picked up a point against Liverpool. You know, they have that gap, so it, it is different. But by the same token, if you're talking about making a change, you know, you're you're going to wait until the team are in the bottom three before you make a change. Then I think that's incredibly dangerous because you, you know, you've lost any kind of momentum. You then into a real problem, you know, of that obvious that they're not going to be in the bottom three over January. So if you are kind of saying we, you know, well, I'm not saying that they are saying that they will make a change if they're in the bottom three, but it's clear that from the briefings that everybody's getting that that it would have to be something like that for him to go. He's safe as houses apart from that. Um, you know, if by the time you're into the bottom three, then it's almost too late because you've got no transfer window to change things around. We saw what happened with Rafa Benitez, a real world-class manager who came in and um, and wasn't able to make the differences quick enough. So I think really um, they would have to make a decision in the next two or three weeks, um, probably from the next three games. If he loses all three, it'll be interesting to see whether Newcastle then look at it and say, you know, look, we need to protect our investment here. Or whether they, um, or whether they just let him continue and say, "Look, we we, we believe in him." They have generally backed managers. Um, every time that they've had to, they've they've, they've backed a manager, um, even to their kind of detriment. You know, they did it with they did it with McLaren when it was far too late um, to make a change. They did it with they did it with um, Benitez when it was the right thing to do, and um, obviously did get them out of trouble. Um, not that they could have avoided, I don't think, to sack him at the time. Um, I think I think the, the problem is that there's just no appetite whatsoever to go out and try and get a new manager in. Um, there's no appetite to sack him. There's no appetite to to make those wholesale changes while there's such a state of flux at the football club. Um, for me, you know, the bigger question really, if you're if you're studying the football club, is is that manager going to take you forward, or is it going to be at best where we are now, and at worst into a relegation fight? If that's that's the question you know no other football club in the pre- in the premier league would be happy to be on a downward spiral for as long as um you know for as long as newcastle potentially would be if they got to the end of the season and they're still and they're still struggling um so but that's up you know that we that that's what makes this situation so different if it was just a question of Mike Ashley's here he's not going anywhere he needs he needs to keep the football club ticking along um, and, and improving, then I think they probably there probably would be more questions about him because we're in this situation where he is trying to sell the club. I think Bruce's remit is simple to to keep the team in the Premier League um, and hope that by the end of the season there's new there's new buyer there's new owners and it's somebody else's problem. Um, problem with that is at the moment we don't know whether the takeover is going to happen. Um, all we know is that you know he's trying to make it happen, but it could be weeks or even months it could be weeks and weeks and weeks or even months before we know whether uh, whether there's any resolution on that um lots of questions coming in about the players and their attitude their application now steve bruce has praised them he said you know he saw he was asked about this in his press conference do you have you lost the dressing room he said you're asking the wrong person but i saw nothing wrong with how they were um you know leicester liverpool and what have you 
but the performance on Tuesday night was it was pretty dismal. And what what's your view? I mean, Steve was obviously given his A. Clearly, thinks the players are still fighting for him. What do you make of that? Do you think the players are still fighting for him? I mean, they're all professionals, so they should be. But what's your take on it? I think it's very rare that a manager really loses the dressing room. You know, I I think I, I wrote a piece um, after the game um, on Tuesday and said that. You know, when they when they went to sack Steve Steve McLaren, one of the things that the players' university said was we're still behind him. Generally speaking, the players will say that they will keep working for him, unless there's one or two really bad apples there. You know, it, it's it's very rare. I think that the players just stop playing, and I don't think that's the case. What 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 will happen is that there'll be a lot of them feeling a bit sorry for themselves, a lot of them feeling thoroughly fed up about the situation, and and um, you know. When they start losing, doubts start creeping into your mind. But I don't think he's lost the dressing room. I, I don't think it's 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 there. There definitely are players who are you know less happy than others in there. Um, and you know when you start losing games, you know, manager, you know, players do start to kind of have their have their grumbles and stuff. But it doesn't feel to me like he's lost the dressing room and that players are down tools. It just feels to me like he's he's not got any effective ways of turning this round at the moment. Um, I'm yet to see where it changes. You know, we saw the Liverpool game, and then they reverted to type against Leicester. And and what I think, and what I think does irk this group of players is the continual talking down of them. You know, we heard when um, you know when when Rafa left, there were a few players who maybe felt like, oh well, you know, we, we, we were always being talked down by the by the old manager. And then now you're into an, a manager who talked them up at first. Now sort of saying, well, do we have the capabilities to go and or do you know to go and be more attacking and things? It's like it it it, all, it can't always be a situation where it's it's the players and you know that we haven't got good enough players. I keep seeing people say that you know what, what do you think of this group? Is it good enough? Well, you know, man for man, I think it's it's miles better than Sheffield United squad. Um, I would say man for man, it's better than Leeds's squad as well. It's better than quite a lot of the teams in the bottom half of the Premier League. Um, but they're being outplayed, outthought by those teams. So. Where does the buck lie then? I would say it's I would say it's the manager. You know, they've got they've got a bottom, they've got a back four um, that are, are very good. They've got two excellent goalkeepers. Um, midfield's where the problems lie because I don't think they've got anybody in the engine room who can really, you know, uh, who's got that invention that you really need. But they, you know, obviously to maximum not being there, they, they are they are a little bit I think shorthanded in midfield. But Callum Wilson's the best striker in the bottom half of the table, in my opinion. I don't think there's too many better than him. Um, and you know we keep hearing about how much Steve Bruce likes Dwight Gale so play him you know Matty Longstaff plays well in a couple of games play him what what is the what is the the kind of resistance to playing um, players who can maybe make a bit of a difference why why is Jeff Hendrick continuing to play when you know let's be honest he's, he's been utterly anonymous really for weeks and weeks I don't understand that I, I, that for me is 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 something that's that's difficult to, uh, to understand I mean it feels like the team is sometimes being set up not to lose. And, and I think that 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 is a problem. Why are they so passive? I mean, he's had 18 months to build on what Rafa Benitez had kind of done. In fact, it sort of seems like, if anything, that they're, 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 they're becoming more passive, you know, that they're, they're giving up more possession to opposition teams. And as I said at the start of this, it's not just top teams, it's also the teams um, who are around the bottom. So, I think massive questions for the manager at the moment, and um, you know, huge, huge question marks for me over whether whether he's the right man to to take Newcastle forward. Obviously, Arsenal tomorrow 
it's going to be a difficult game. We've got a question here from JW Mouse, who says, how many more defeats, Mark, do you think will be allowed to go amiss before Steve Bruce is shown the door? Uh, I mean, again, it just comes back to the understanding that until they're dragged in, he looks like the job is, is pretty much safe. Yeah, I mean, that that's that. Uh, yeah. The problem is you just don't know. You just don't know what what is going to spark a kind of you know real conversation in the boardroom. It's clear that those conversations haven't been uh, haven't been had at the moment. Um, I will say it was like it was very similar to when I think when John Carver uh, was manager for that interim period. Um, he had the, he had support right through, and then they lost against Leicester. I think it was a few weeks before the season finished. You had the situation with Mike Williamson where. It all started to go wrong. Um, and then I believe there was a conversation at the time about whether whether to bring somebody in to either help him or I think, I think maybe there'd been a you know an offer to step aside if they could find somebody in. It was all, you know, so those conversations do happen and it does change. And I think to say that, you know, look, he's he's safe if they lose the next five or six games is is, you know, is it, it, too is too much. I don't think I don't think that's necessarily the case. But it depends, I think, probably how they how they would how they play in the next three games. If they if they lose as badly as they did against Sheffield United on um, last week tomorrow, then there's a massive then there's a massive question mark. If they do that several times in the next few weeks, because you would start to say, look, if they get dragged into problems at the bottom and they're not playing well, and the signs of you know that he just hasn't got an answer, you'd think there would be a conversation there, but. It, they, their natural inclination is to back a manager and to just keep, keep him going because you know I think that's that's very much Lee Charlie's philosophy. He likes to you know he doesn't. I don't think he's a kind of a man a, 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 an MD who who is goes in for you know making big changes and things. He did it once with Rafa Benitez, of course, um, but maybe he had left it too late there against um, with Steve McLaren. So I, I would say that if they lose five or six in the bounce or four or five on the bounce and the teams below them are starting to catch up then it's going to start to be conversations you know if he keeps losing matches he's, he's not going to be safe when when the only um, remit he's got is to keep the team in the Premier League um, but you know at the moment they're just sort of saying he's, he's, he's safe he's going to keep getting the job and I think part of that is because you know he's one of the he's, he, they know he's happy to kind of accept the fact that they're not going to do a lot in January um, and maybe a manager coming in would, would want money and would want to change things. Um, so, you know, depressingly, I, I think that maybe one of the reasons why, why Steve Bruce is, is safe is because, you know, he, he's aware of the kind of limitations of the job and a really top manager wouldn't be prepared to come in and, and accept that. Arsenal tomorrow then, we've got David Stratton here saying Arsenal are a very average team. You know, Newcastle held them in 90 minutes in the FA Cup. They arguably should have won and that tie in normal time. And I agree with David there. He says there's no reason why Newcastle should be scared of Arsenal. Um, the only thing going off in my head is the way they're performing against Sheffield United in, in, in weeks prior to that as well. Um, what do you make of Newcastle's chances tomorrow, Mark? Well, they've got a chance because I, I think I think David's absolutely right. Arsenal, are, they're not the Arsenal of three or four years ago, are they? They're not an Arsenal team... Um, where you'd, you'd you'd kind of worry that you'll go there and get steamrolled by them. You know they, they they look pretty disjointed. They didn't have a great result in the week. Um, they were uh, you know they've been beaten at home by Burnley. Um, you know I know they're a little bit they're in slightly better form than they were then. Um, but we saw in the FA Cup game that they're there to be got at. 
Um, you know, they're, they're a team in transition and Newcastle could, you know, if they went there a little bit on the front foot, um, who knows what could happen? You know, as much as we're as much as we're talking about how terrible Newcastle have been for, um, for the last few weeks, they did get that point against Liverpool where they dug in, they played much better. So it, it's always there for them. I think what Steve Bruce will be hoping tomorrow is that you know he'll be he'll be channeling all the negativity that's been expressed towards his team. He'll be looking at all the all the all the, the things that've been written about them, and he'll be telling his players, look. It's us against them, you know. Nobody wants us. The we're being kind of we're being kind of written off. Everybody's telling us how bad we are. Go out there and sh- and show us show us you know show us a response. Um, the worrying thing I think would be tomorrow if they don't respond at all. If there's no improvement in performance, then I really will be worried. I, you know, you'd hope that they've been stung by what's been said. Like David says, they're not a great team, Arsenal. They're not. A, they're not a. They're not a Liverpool. They're not a. Um, you know, they're not a Leicester, they're not a Tottenham, they're, they're not they're not as good as that at the moment. So you'd hope that they go out there and really give give Arsenal a few problems and, and sort of try and set themselves, assert themselves a little bit. Because if they're as limp and as ineffectual as they were against Sheffield United, we're um we're, we're not, you know, I I think we're in the we're in the kind of realms of where do we go from here? Because they've got a, a vibrant Aston Villa on Saturday and then they've got Leeds on Tuesday and that's starting to look to me like a massive game because Leeds are in pretty bad form, but they put five past Newcastle before Christmas. So, you know, that is a game where Newcastle simply have to get something. Um, but uh, but they've got to start tomorrow. They've got to start tomorrow by, with, a, with a decent performance, I think. Just before we, we finish off on uh, our two favourite topics, the transfer and doing the takeover, would you change anything tomorrow, Mark? Any personnel, any the formation, the setup, if you were picking the side? Yeah, I think you've got to, haven't you? You, you can't go with this sort of five at the back formation, which is which you know they've they've, they've not played well with it um, in in the majority of the last few games. It's it's not it doesn't tend to be working. It doesn't seem to be working. I mean, personnel wise, I'd I'd look at I'd look at bringing Matty Longstaff back in. I'd I'd certainly um, I'd certainly consider giving Callum Wilson some support up front as well. I mean, Wilson's been an interesting one, hasn't he? Because I don't think you know I, I've been so effusive in my praise for him. He's been he's been excellent so far, but. Um, He's been a little bit off the boil the last few weeks. Missed a couple of chances, um, so maybe he needs a bit of support as well. He's not. He's maybe not. You know, you can't rely too much on him to score the goals. The, the goals that are going to get Newcastle the points. Maybe they need a little bit more than that. Um, I would change. Yeah, I would change to a kind of more of a three. You know, more of a. I don't think three. At the, I don't think they necessarily need five at the back. I think they can play with four, four, two, or alternatively. You know, if they're going to play three at the back, then they need those two full-backs. They need those two wing-backs to be to be pushing on. Um, why not go with Jolinton and um, Wilson in the way that they did against Crystal Palace? Those two seem to play quite well together. And if you're not going to play, bring Jolinton back in, because admittedly he hasn't been brilliant the last few weeks, then why not give Dwight, Dwight Gale a go alongside Jolinton? I'd like to see them, you know, show what they're all about by, by doing that. You know, it, it, to me, that would be a more... Um, you know, which should be more of a show of its intent than we had on um, on Tuesday. In the transfers, then you know we we know Newcastle are looking at, at loan deals, if any at all. Um, we'll kick start with this question though from Ian, and he just asks, why don't Newcastle play off the like pay off the likes of Lazar and Savi, who've six months left and aren't even used in our reserve side? <laughs> Well, it's a good question, um, and I think that there's the the reason is probably just because they're 
they're hopeful that they might actually be able to get some takers for them. Um, I would think that probably with Atsu, that was the that was the situation. Um, Save and Lazar, I have I have no reason. I mean, I would think that possibly with Save, it's it's probably the cost of the contract. Um, he's on a very big deal at Newcastle United. A, 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 a silly deal, really. I mean, way too much um, for 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 what he's worth. Um, Lazar, you know, once again, are they just are they maybe just looking for um, the, the slight possibility that they might get some money for them? Obviously, they did that with they got that with Rolando Aaron's going to Huddersfield. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, look, Newcastle United have been, um, they, I think they've been quite cautious in the transfer windows. I've known they, they, um, the fact that those those two players are still there baffles me. Um, there must be an economic reason. I'm assuming it must be more expensive to pay them off than it is to to, to keep them on board for for how forever long. Um, but um, but yeah, it's, I mean, those two are, are, have been big mistakes of the past, and, and Newcastle are still paying for them. So I believe that the fact that they're on the wage wage bill is kind of hampering some of the efforts to bring players in. Um, and there's certainly been no no massive interest in either of them or Christian Atsu so far. So it may just be that you'll get towards the end of the window. Um, and people will, um, and, and people might start to, to to look a little bit at them, but I think with Save um, in particular, he's just going to be released at the end of his contract. I mean, what a, what an incredible deal that's been uh, in terms of costing Newcastle. It's been um, it's been farcical, really, hasn't it? It's going to be quite the story when he does eventually speak about what went on because he's you know he's a, he's still a big member of the squad. He's well well liked. Certainly going to be interesting to hear what he has to say in due course. In terms of incomings, Mark, you know, loan deals look like the, the one. Can Newcastle, if they don't manage to get someone in on loan or they don't buy in one, can they afford afford that? You know, can they take that risk and that gamble, you know, going into the, 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 the close of the season? Um, I think, no, I, 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 the problem is that normally I'd be, I'd be sort of screaming from the roof to go and sign players, but I do have some sympathy with them in this. In this sort of strange season, you know, I mean, we're talking about um, revenue being wiped off all Premier League clubs. You're not seeing any club really going out there and and doing and doing much business. Um, could they go and get? That's been they could go and get a loan, couldn't they? I mean, other, other clubs have done it, gone, gone out and got um, loans to cover um, some of the shortfall in revenue um, in order to maybe go and go and do a bit of business. Um, you know, I I think the loan situation. I think actually, you know, I have to be honest. I think the way that they're approaching the transfer window is sensible in this 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 time. You know, they did do some good business in the summer, or they well, it looked like good business at the time. Obviously, the players haven't yet, apart from Wilson, haven't really haven't really um, come through yet. But I, I think it's difficult to really hammer them too much for not going out and signing players when um, so much money has been taken out of the um, off the bottom line. I think they're right to sort of look at loans. They're right to live within their means. I, I feel a little bit like, look, the, they, the squad is good enough to finish, to, to not get relegated. They've got goals in it. Um, they could really do with the midfield. That I think that, that would be my main, that'd be my main thing. But I, I don't think they're actually in desperate need. I think that if they get the midfielder, that's what they need. Um, but I don't think they're in. I don't think it's like the dire straits that they were when um, in the McLaren season, where they just weren't scoring enough goals. They're not scoring enough goals at the moment. But it's not because they haven't got players who who can score goals. They've got Callum Wilson, who is, you know, massive. I just don't think that they're being used in the right way. Um, so I, ideally, you'd like them to go out and sign sign players. But you've got to, you know, you've got to be aware of what's going on in the wider world. And um, 
you know, is it realistic to sort of think that they're going to go out and spend twenty million pounds, fifty million pounds this summer, uh, this January? Probably not. Um, and when no other club is doing it, then you then you sort of that answers your question about whether it's realistic or not. So I think probably we'll look to obviously this time next week, um, getting towards the end of the window. I think there may, I think there will be some some movement in. Um, in the last week of the window, there certainly is the chance. But I mean, how many players have moved this month so far? Not many. It's been extremely quiet. Um, and I think it's probably going to continue to be quiet, um, at least until the last week of the window. Um, it's a shame, really, because obviously there would be the opportunity with what's happening in France at the moment to go and get some good players from there. But I'm just not sure that Newcastle have the budget at the moment. Obviously, if you know, if, if they had been taken over, I think that would have been a totally different situation. And again, they could have really made made hay, but um, let's not dwell too much on what ifs. Well, that leads us nicely into the final question is on the takeover. Uh, in the notebook this weekend, um, you know, it focused on what relegation potentially might mean for a takeover. Um, and a lot of, you know, the, the word was a lot from some that um, relegation would probably s- single the end to any takeover, you know, the Premier League states is massively important, the TV rights and TV income and all that. Um, but can you just explain to our listeners and our, our viewers um, what was in the notebook this weekend about the takeover and maybe it, it, it relegation wouldn't maybe single the end to it? No, I mean, all I can go on is what was being said in the summer and the uh, and the spring because we haven't yet had a chance to run it past anybody. Um, there's not really been, you know, it's not been... Um, there hasn't been a lot of, I've got to be honest, there hasn't been a lot of communication from anybody around the deal um, in recent weeks. It's gone very quiet, which I happen to think is maybe not the worst thing in the world. Um, but all I can say is in the um, in the spring and summer, the um, you know, they weren't safe um, when football went into lockdown. And the word was, we will still do the deal. You know, we still believe in this football club. We still believe in the potential of the football club um, and we'll still, we'll still do the deal. So I think anybody saying it would kill off takeover is is definitely you know not right but i think it would mean that it would be a massive um downgrade in the price of the football club so if that's the case then you then get into would mike ashley take you know would mike ashley take the the amount that um, the amount that it would um wipe off the football club um as a, as a as an asking you know as an asking price that's the big question i think that, that you have to ask about the takeover but I think given all the work that's gone into it and given how desperate they are to get the football club, the people involved in the consortium, I don't think it would make a difference. I think it would be, it would require their business plan to be rewritten. But I think they'd still want that. They'd still want Newcastle United because they'd still feel that the potential is for Newcastle to, to, to really, um, to really be a force in English football with the right, with the right money put in and, and people with extremely deep pockets involved in it. Um, you know, You'd hope that any there's going to be a resolution before the end of the season because it, it can't drag on like it has done for a long time. And I think it's actually been damaging, to be honest with you. While, while it's positive that the deal isn't dead yet, it's also a negative that we are where we are in um, January of 2021 and still without a resolution in this in this situation. It means that, like I said earlier in the broadcast, if, there's, if you have the manager situation, you view everything through the prism of, oh, maybe this takeover could go through. Um, and that is not a good way for a football club to be when it's been like this for um, you know over a year now that football club could be taken over by somebody who could transform it. But here we are, and it's still Mike Ashley. It's still the same old problems. 
it's still the invisible hierarchy you don't talk don't communicate um and still the the same old fan base being just as annoyed as they were um just as frustrated i think as they were um uh, this time last year Tasmo, well, we'll finish quickly. Two quick fire questions from some of our viewers. Um, we have one here from Derek, and he says, Is he wrong? Our current squad, especially with Alan's at maximum, is easily good enough to be in the top 10. So, in a sentence, your view on that question? I don't think it's a top 10 squad, definitely, but it is, it, it is a um, better than a relegation battle squad. There we have it. And then we also have a lot of support in the comments for, for, for Matty Longstaff. Uh, I think you've, you've already mentioned that, but uh, Gail and Wilson up top with Matty in midfield tomorrow against Arsenal, something I think you've already kind of alluded to, you wouldn't be totally against uh, seeing that on the team sheet tomorrow. No, I think that's a, that, that's a good that's a good idea. I think, you know, he needs to send a message in his team sheet. He needs to send a message in his uh, in how he sets the team out and best way of doing that is by, um, is by putting more attacking players on the pit. And just finally then, one on Matt Ritchie um, from Paul and he says, Matt Ritchie too slow for the wing but has the industry for centre midfield and, and given that the centre midfield area is clearly somewhere where there's an issue for Newcastle, um, you know, they do need something else in there. They need someone to kind of dominate that area. It would be interesting to see Matt Ritchie in the, in the centre of the park, do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's 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 about somebody in there who can maybe create a little bit more. Um, Longstaff can be Matty Longstaff can be more of a box to box fielder. It'd be interesting to see if he tried it. Um, you know, he hasn't been in there for such a long time. I mean, you know, it, again, it's another option. I, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be necessarily what I would do. Let's put it that way. But um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. There we have it. Well, Mark, thanks for joining us. To you guys listening and watching, thanks for tuning in. Please remember to like and subscribe, whether you're on YouTube or listening later on the podcast. And we'll bring you live coverage of Newcastle's game at Arsenal. Lee Ryder will be down at the Emirates tomorrow evening. So head over to chroniclive.co.uk for all the build-up, live match action and post-game analysis. Thank you very much.